0: Hi guys, and welcome to episode six of my Love in the Time of Coronavirus slow podcast. How are you all? Um, I hope that you're all okay. I know that I am incredibly lucky to be living where I am in the countryside with a garden with my family. I hope that you guys are all okay. I know from some of you that things aren't that easy at the moment and um, I just send my love and I hope that these slow podcasts provide something of a respite to you during this lockdown. I've been really touched by the lovely messages I've had from everyone. Do please keep those coming on Instagram or via my website charliegladsden.com. They do really cheer me up. Anyway, for those of you who might just be joining us for the first time, or might need a little bit of a reminder, last Saturday, the 4th of April, I sent a bunch of emails and WhatsApp messages and texts to friends, and I asked them three questions that I would like them to dial in the answers to. And those questions are, where are you and who are you with? What good do you think will come out of this mess? And Please tell me something really good that you've discovered or found again or started doing during this. And the replies have been flooding in. Uh, One or two of you have asked what I'm doing and and I've given you hints of that. I'm I'm in Wales. Uh, I actually have been working harder than ever because of the challenges that this lockdown has posed to us, particularly to our holiday cottages, our pub and our shops and cafes Uh, that certainly hasn't been easy. I think there's a massive underestimation at the government about how precarious most small and medium-sized businesses are. I suspect there's been an assumption that most of us carry quite substantial cash reserves uh, to get us through from one month to another. But in truth, I think most of us are pretty hand to mouth. And, and, And although the government have been massively generous with the taxpayers' pound, I do think that there are many more problems than they have realised. There's been a lot of talk in circles, small business circles, about opportunities coming from this and there will definitely be opportunities for business. But my goodness, I think we're gonna have to work really hard to find those opportunities. This is going to be a moment of profound transformation, but that transformation is not going to be imposed on us. I think we're gonna have to find it and, and be prepared to change things. Anyway, enough from me for the moment. I kick off today's episode with two absolute star chefs. First, we have Valentine Warner, star of The Good Life Experience, TV, radio, magazines, books, and most recently, the author of the absolutely brilliant book, The Consolation of Food. I've raved about this elsewhere. It really is a really wonderful book. It's, it's a recipe book of sorts, but, but both in its format and its tone and its contents. It's not a standard recipe book. It's really an autobiography about food with recipes interspersed with wonderful stories. It's incredibly readable. I, I really highly recommend that. So it's The Constellation of Food from Valentine Warner. Anyway, um, this is the answer, or these are the answers, to the questions that Val dialed in.
1: To the first question, who am I with? Well, I'm ensconced down in the creases of Dorset in my sister's cottage at her farm. There is me and my girlfriend, Sasha. There's my brother and his Finnish girlfriend, Vera. Um, There is my mother, and there is my long-suffering sister... Um, Charlie, you know what I'm like enough to know that kind of times me by four. Um, so it's kind of like a box of hand grenades. A cottage of Warners is a box of hand grenades. Anyway, that's where I am, wandering the lanes and picking delicious things like nettles and wild garlic and sea kale and cleavers and lovely things to bring home. The sheep are... Um, lambing and the pigeons are clapping and the bees are buzzing around with beaming smiles on their faces. Question number two, what have we learnt from, what will we learn from this mess, as you put it? I hope um, that we will understand that um, nature is our default setting um, and we can't be here without it. And pay attention to that. And two, that I think that you have global and local. But I think this really points out that it's a pointer towards, that I think many things will be solved locally. Local is the place to look. Global that seeming sometimes impossibility. But I hope that we see strength and value in local, um, is what I hope will happen. Um, and what are the things I've discovered um well that i don't need as much um whether it's i don't you know what really matters in life is what i think we're all being afforded a chance to think about um you know that driving ambition is it really so important what matters um i'm you know my kids live in spain i'm away from them they matter um, to have enough to eat, to have shelter, to be with people you love. Um, you know, having a chance to think about what matters. Um, and also, I'm discovering how to relax. I haven't relaxed for a very, very long time. I've been constantly in motion, fidgeting, moving, travelling, responding to stimuli rather than actually... I guess, thinking at a more leisurely pace, perhaps. Um, But I'm kind of understanding myself a bit more on where I am in this um, life so far. Um, Anyway, uh, thank you very much. And that's the end of that. And I wish you um, all the best as we keep on going through this. And love to absolutely everybody. Bye.
0: So thank you very much to Val for that. While we're talking about food, and um, I'm about to move on to Gil Mellor, there is a wonderful place in upstate New York called the Phoenicia Diner. I don't know if any of you have been there. It's the kind of very, it's an—it's actually an ancient 1930s, I guess, diner that was moved to Phoenicia some time ago, I think in sort of 2011 or something, and taken over by a couple of chefs. It's very hipster and it's very cool, but. But the food is the very essence of great American food. And they've just released a wonderful cookbook called the Phoenicia Diner Cookbook. If you're interested in sort of American staples and and proper brunch food and breakfast food, then I really recommend that. And I think that America, we need to remember what a wonderful country in many ways America is at the moment. I, for one, have been, I am almost obsessed with the appallingness of Trump and his reactions to this and his lack of leadership. Um, and, and, but America is really hurting, as we all know, and um, I think it's good for us to remind us that not everyone there is like Trump. And um, anyway, that's just a little musing. That's a good book, The Phoenicia Diner Cookbook. Now, next up, we move to Gil Mellor, one of the great inventive and original chefs working in Britain at the moment. What I like so much about Gill's books, and there are a number of books, are the fact that they're not just cookbooks. They are incredibly lyrical. They're very beautifully designed. They're very beautifully photographed. And in our house, at least Time, his last book one, is the most used cookbook. Uh, We use it regularly. The food is delicious and very simple. And it's interspersed with, as I say, Gil's uh, lyricism and his lovely photographs. And I highly recommend it. The one before that, Gather, is also very good. But most excitingly, he has a new book coming out very soon called Root, Stem, Leaf, Flower. Which looks absolutely wonderful. Uh, if I were you, I would follow him on his Instagram page, which is Gill, G-I-L-L dot. Meller, M-E-L-L-E-R. Anyway, I sent the questions to Gil and he sent them back. And there's rather a nice um, synergy here because when I was speaking to Valentine yesterday, when he had just sent me his uh, recording, um, I mentioned that I was just listening to the contribution that Gil had sent in. And he said, ah, I've literally just seen Gil. He swapped 15 scallops a bottle of gin. They of course stayed decent way away from each other, but they are um, close to each other. And so I thought it'd be nice to put Gil's musings after this. So here is Gil Meller.
2: Hi Charlie, it's Gil. So the first question is, where are you and who are you with? So I'm sat at home. It's quite early in the morning. Um, sort of 738. Um, I live on the Devon Dorset border um, down in the southwest and we're quite close to the sea Uh, in fact from where I'm sitting now I can I can see it and there's a small fishing boat sort of chugging across the bay uh, which has probably come from Lyme Regis. Um, As I understand most of the boats are Um, stuck in port they're not they're not actually going out because the fish markets have closed Um, but I think a few a few boats are still going out and maybe they're selling their catches locally I picked up some scallops yesterday evening for myself and a few local people who wanted them um, from a diver who's literally just trying to keep his business afloat I feel very lucky to to live where we are because I can get to go outside and yeah, I don't take that for granted at all. Um, I've got two daughters, Uh, my eldest is called Isla and she lives in Brighton. She's absolutely fine uh, and making lots of music and enjoying, uh, I think, the break from university Uh, and Coco is my younger daughter who's 15, she's off school and... It's Easter holidays at the moment, so she's sort of not got much uh, to do, and is feeling a bit bored. But she's being quite heroic. And question two: What good do you think will come out of this? This is obviously a really, really difficult time for so many people. Um, I just cannot imagine how it feels to lose someone that you love through this virus. Um, and I can't really think about that for too long. Um, it would give it a whole new face, a a much darker, uh, crueler face, um, that in isolation down here, I, I don't really see apart from on the news. Um, there's, there's an awful lot of, of bad stuff uh, going on, but through all that, there ha- there has to be some good stuff. I don't know quite what they are. One of the one of the things that that, that might happen is that people become more appreciative of the world around us. Um, maybe if if they've been inside. On lockdown for for months on end, um, stepping back out into the open air, um, seeing friends, seeing family, uh, will help us to um, reconfigure the the, the value of, of that as an experience uh, and as a as a way of life, um, and maybe not take that for granted in in the way. Perhaps we have in the past. Um, is there anything really good you've been doing? I have to be quite careful about how I how I approach this question because you don't you almost don't want to feel good about anything you do in these circumstances when around the world so many people are suffering. Um, you almost feel guilty. Finding the good in in such a bad situation, but there is some good, and um, in a strange way, I'm I'm sort of en- enjoying the change. Uh, it's a it is a significant change for me. Uh, my life has changed quite dramatically in the last couple of months. I feel like I have shed the burden of anxiety, um, in relation to, to my normal lifestyle and my work. It's like all the pressure has disappeared. I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to see anyone. I don't have to deliver on anything. All of a sudden this, this sort of weight has been lifted off my shoulders and I know it's temporary and I know it's Um, it's not going to be like this uh, and in a way it shouldn't be like this but there is some relief in it uh, for for my mind and for for, for, uh, the way I I spend my day it's very unusual Uh, one thing that has worked very well is the timing of uh, of our garden so my wife and and i uh, alice we 've spent lots of time out there recently actually, the weather has been fantastic and it 's made it even better uh, even more enjoyable to be out in in the garden um, and when I say garden i mean veg uh, a vegetable garden uh, we 've been at this house house for five years, five or six years and I've never had the opportunity or the time to set up um, a veg garden. I'm sort of completely enchanted by the whole process. I mean I know good ingredients, I know how to cook them but I don't really know how to grow them. Although I've worked in kitchens where we've always had gardeners, until you actually feel the soil in your hands, until you put the seed in yourself, until you watch it grow, you never really appreciate the time and energy and care that goes into producing the food we eat. Um, To the point where you see all this lovely salad growing, you don't really want to cut it because you put so much effort in. And it makes me think about how flippant you can be about ingredients and how they've been produced and who's produced them, Um, and how irrelevant something as simple as cooking a pan of potatoes um, can be. Um, The journey, the story of that ingredient doesn't really come into play, but when you When you're involved in it yourself, it takes on a whole new meaning. So that has been and continues to be uh, a wonderful, enjoyable and practical distraction from our, our current situation. And I'm going to walk over to the garden now and see what's growing.
0: Right finally for today's episode we have Selfa who runs the Campfire Stories Micro Festival in Holland every year as a passion project. It is an incredibly well-regarded and uh, in-demand micro festival for a hundred people max that she runs entirely out of love every year in Holland which is where she is from and where she lives and Selphurt came to our first ever Camp Glendie, and she fills the place with a really, really unusual level of enthusiasm and energy. She is one of the most magnetic, positive people that I have ever encountered. And this year, I am absolutely chuffed to bits that she's agreed to bring her campfire stories to good life experience. So we're going to be giving her a campfire of her own and she is going to curate makers and chefs and speakers and doers and just bring a bit of her magic from Holland to the good life experience. Anyway, Selfra has been one of those people that has really been bringing positivity to the whole uh, lockdown. She sends out emails called positive news and I asked her to record her answers to my questions. And these are what she came up with.
3: So the first question was, where are you and who are you with? Um, So I am in Bakken in the Netherlands, very close to the sea. And right at this moment, I'm sitting in the forest and I've been out for a night of wild camping with my hammock, uh, micro adventuring. I'm only, I'm less than a kilometer away from my house But, um, yeah, I wanted to experience the full moon. And it was my birthday yesterday on uh, April 8th. So here in the Netherlands, we're in week four of the um, lockdown. But we have, as they call, a smart lockdown. So we can still go outside. Just uh, as long as we keep the two meter distance uh, rule. And, um, yeah, I'm together with my um, boyfriend and my two sons. Skip and Tijn, 7 and 9 And um, yeah, homeschooling most of the time And um, as soon as we're done with school Actually we're gonna go, out, we, we, we go outside We spend a lot of times on the beach Because I live very close to the beach And there's nobody there So we're just so enjoying the beach at the moment um, We spend our early mornings Before we start with school in the forest I love to go for a little wild swim Sometimes the kids join, sometimes they don't and um, yeah we are very lucky, we are very lucky that we live in a rural area that we have the beach and the dunes and the forest around us and we're also very lucky that we have a garden so yeah spending most of our time outside so what good do you think will come out of this mess well first of all i think it is such an amazing thing for nature this whole corona crisis I love to think that it's a warning from nature as well, that we're all connected and that, you know, it's just nature's way of telling us, guys, slow down, stop. And uh, it's a pretty full stop, I have to say. Um, So, yeah, I like to laugh about her sense of humor in this way. But of course, there's also a lot of horrible things happening. But the good things definitely nature i mean i love traveling but not seeing planes the whole time not hearing the planes the whole time in the air is just so nice i live quite close to schiphol airport half an hour so we get a lot of planes here in the skies and it's yeah it's really nice that it's so quiet and you know in nature as well that the spring just keeps on going i mean it doesn't stop it only gets better I was talking to um, Max uh, uh, last week who was at uh, the Good Life uh, doing a salmon workshop. And he's working in preserving the wild salmon. Um, And obviously he's been quite busy because because of the forced break in fishing. The fishermen couldn't sell their latest catches to the um, restaurants. Because it's mainly restaurants that order the wild salmons. Um, But he also said like... Um, the spawning season is approaching. So, wow, can you imagine all these fish that are still swimming now and that um, get a chance to uh, spawn in this season? Yeah, the, the, those kind of things. Yeah, and I hope we'll stick to it. I mean, all the the production change are broken. So it's the perfect setup for a new start, a blank sheet. And I just really like to hope that... Um, a lot of people will realize that um, yeah, their health is so much more important than the money. And um, yeah, by taking some time, I already hear quite a lot of people around me saying like, you know, this is so much better than working 80-hour weeks. And yeah, sure, financially it's, it's scary. People are worried about their health. But working on your health and seeing what you can do instead of what you can't yeah i think it's a it's a big eye-opener for a lot of people and i really enjoy it so yeah i have good hopes that um things will change for the better everything that we've been sharing you with the good life experience and me with campfire stories is about this kind of lifestyle that we're experiencing now i mean less hard work more time uh, more spending more time with your family spending more time outside and craft you know learning how to use your hands again that you can make stuff and I, i yeah i just really hope that by also like all these production lines that are now broken i just hope we start producing more locally and that it's Yes, more crafts locally. And and that we buy from... That we know where our food comes from. And we probably or hopefully grow more of our own food. And that everything that we buy... Is something that we really value. So what good has come from this um, for me? (sighs) I'm actually really enjoying this period. I mean, I feel... Of course, there's a lot of horrible stuff going on as well. And uh, people dying and, and, and a lot of people being scared. But overall, I really enjoy it. So I work as a freelance event producer next to my um, um, Campfire Stories Festival. So events is, is, is what I do. So after our first press conference here in the Netherlands, within two hours after that press conference, all of my jobs were cancelled for the next six to seven months. So it's not even just during this quarantine t- um, time. But they've just been... Yeah, they don't, they don't want to take any risks. So for me, it was right at the start. I was at home without a job. Um, and being self-employed, no government support. But yeah, even though they were quite... I, should, I have all the reasons to be um, fearful. And um, I don't know how I will pay my mortgage for the next um, coming months. I just decided it's problems I can't solve. You know, There's, it's something that I can't help. So I'm not going to worry about it until it's that time, you know, that I have to make a decision about my house or that I'm really... Have no more money to spend. And I just trust um, that I am not the only one. Half of the country. and Half of the world at the moment. Is facing these challenges. So yeah. I'm just trusting that the government will help. And there will be a new world. I mean that this is the start of planet 2.0. Um, and if I'm wrong. Well. Then I'll find out when it happens. But then at least until then. I'm having a great time. So yeah, as I said, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I learned so much. I think the, the, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this is that um, even though my world has become um, yeah, a lot smaller, it's become so much bigger at the same time. Like I really learned how to zoom in. I'm rediscovering my forest, my beach, my dunes. I found all these new lakes that I can swim in. I mean, last night I was sleeping here in a hammock within a kilometer from my house. And it's not that I'm not, yeah, that I think that I don't want to go traveling anymore in the future. But it does really, yeah, it helps me putting things into perspective. And realizing that I am so bloody fortunate to live here. I mean, I, as I said, I have a garden, I can go into the woods, into the forest. I, I, yeah, I think if you're in the city at this moment, life is completely different. But for me, it's been good. And I actually love teaching the kids at home. I mean, we get into fights and um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes there's frustration, but I'm getting to know them in a completely different way. Uh, I'm learning so much about them. And I had no idea, actually, what they did at school. School was like this black box, you know. You just have no idea. what They they tell you what they want when you come home, which is not a lot most of the time. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was fine. But now I'm actually seeing what they're capable of and what they're doing and learning about their their learning curves. Um, Yeah, and at night, I you know normally when i when i tell them a bedtime story somewhere in the back of my mind i was already thinking about all this stuff that i wanted to do as soon as this was over and they were in bed because yeah at the end of the day it's just like great the kids are in bed open my laptop and i would start cracking you know start to get to get some work done and now there is work to do but it's yeah just investing in the future and yeah, there's no hard deadlines, so I take so much more time reading stories in the evening. And I think that's yeah, overall that's it. You just take so much more time. More time to look at the birds, more time uh for morning swims, more time for sports for for cooking even. Um and I'm I've started growing my own food in my garden again. I tried it like four years ago and I always give up because, yeah, you know, then I start on a free Saturday and then the next week is full of work, deadlines come up, one month later I come back into my garden and everything's dead. But hey, now I, you know, this doesn't look like it's going to be over next week. So yeah, started uh, my vegetable garden again. So who knows? Um, I'm reading, not as much as I wanted to. Um... And I also learned that um, I had, you know, the first week I had this huge to-do list, I was like, right, this is perfect, you know, no work, um, I'm going to do this homeschooling thing, then I'm going to clean up my house, I'm going to empty all the, all the closets, I'm going to cook amazing four-star uh, meals every night, um, I'm going to paint the house, I'm going to redo this and this and that room, I'm going to sort out all the old clothes, And nothing happens (laughs) because I just needed time to adjust to this new rhythm, I guess. And um, yeah, I let go of my to-do list, which for me is something really unique. So it's still there. I have plans, but I'm really taking it day by day and and, and fully, fully putting my attention on, on, on the thing that I'm doing at that moment. Whether it's homeschooling or cooking or working in the garden. Or like right now, spending some time um, in nature on my own, without the family. Yeah, what I forgot and what I would really like to share is um, cold water swimming. I absolutely love cold water swimming. It's the thing that makes me feel alive, and it really like when you when I when I enter cold water, when I go in, I think no. No, 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 I'm not doing this. I can't do this. I always make up so many excuses before I go in. It doesn't get easier. But as soon as I'm in, all of those hesitations and fears for the colds are gone. And actually, the longer you stay in, the nicer it feels. Because your body will start to take over and it will... You think, you know, in the beginning it will scream like, get out, it's too cold. But as soon as you're like staying in, your body will think, all right, we're staying. Then let's see how we can get us through this as best as we can. That's when your systems get on. You know, that's when you feel like this fire inside of you will start. Yeah, it just starts burning and it just heats you up right from inside. And I I love that. And, and the after feeling of the swimming when you get out of the water and you're not cold at all. And you just feel everything flowing through your body. The energy is crazy. And yeah, yeah to me, I, I, I just wish everybody would do it. <laughs> and, and even though you, you, you might not live close to a natural water, um, yeah, you have a cold shower. So, <laughs> so why not try it? Why not put that shower to cold? Most of the times people have um, a lot of fear. Like now with the corona. You know, everybody is super scared that they might get it. But only a few of us will actually get it. Um, and, and, and to me with the cold water, it's a bit of the same. Like there's so many people scared of stepping into cold water. And, and, and actually, you know, once you go in and once you are in it's not as bad and, and, and you know the fears I have before and the hesitations that I have before like all the talks when I wake up too early in the morning and um, going for my sunrise swims I, I, I never jump out of bed very happily I always think no my bed is so nice and it's so comfy and it's so warm I don't want to get up I don't want to get out but as soon as I'm on my bike on my way to the lakes you know it's better and then I have the same when I get to the lake and I have to put my clothes off and it's almost freezing and the water is super cold and I just don't want to go in. But then you go and once I'm in, once I'm in that water, it just feels so good. And after that, yeah, it feels even better. So, yeah, I would, I would really like to invite people to um, try a cold shower or better try a swim and it's spring so it's only getting better now the water's warming up everywhere so have fun
0: so there you go thank you very much to Val and Gil and Selfer for today's episode I'll be back with more tomorrow I sincerely hope that everyone's okay I've been musing over the last um, few uh, episodes on the fact that this is a slow cast a slow podcast or a slow pod and um, I think a lot of people that's resonated with a lot of people that it's just this is just sort of rumination it, it doesn't have any sort of fast paced direction or or um, natty editing and that that's very much what we set out to do with this and it works. in fact When I say set out, I I did initially expect that it would be more tightly edited like most of our podcasts are. But actually, I think just letting people speak and letting you hear what they said to me gives, I think, the tone of this more relevance in this unusual time. Having, talking about slow stuff, I wonder if you've come across the magazine Delayed Gratification. Um, I subscribe to it. It's on issue 37. It's definitely one of the most beautiful magazines that we have available and they call themselves the slow journalism magazine and what they try to do is reflect on the news so it is the very antithesis of the news flash on your phone I, I, I would subscribe to it if I were you not only because it's beautiful it has the best infographics that I've seen anywhere in it but also because if we don't support these small magazines particularly at the moment but just generally then they will go away the the ones that i subscribe to that i love most are are this and of course the idler Uh, always you know worth keeping you never want to throw them away you can read them years later or, or literally that weekend um but anyway do do give that a go delayed gratification and i'm going to finish today with a couple of recent albums that i've just loved first up is caribou's suddenly Uh, Caribou has been making, he's called Daniel Snaith, in fact, and he is, everyone always tells us, which I suppose is interesting, that he is a maths PhD. But I think that, most interestingly, he's an electronic musician who has been working towards this perfect album that he has made at the moment called Suddenly, which is an album for everyone who loves inventive and original pop music. It is the absolute definition of sunny, upbeat, cheerful and original. So um, listen to that. And um, and then maybe buy it from Rough Trade when all this is over or you can order it online at the moment. I also wanted to mention the new reworking of Gil Scott Heron's I'm New Here. Now I'm New Here was Gil Scott Heron's final album, uh, which came out just over 10 years ago, believe it or not. Um, It was, it came out on XL Recordings. Richard Russell, the owner of um, XL Recordings, persuaded Gil Scott Heron to record it. And um, it was his first release for 15 or 16 years or something. In which, during which time he'd had unbelievable kind of legal troubles and um, personal problems and drug addiction. Anyway, that is a wonderful album. And that was then remixed by Jamie XX, which was also a wonderful album. And now we have another one, which is called We're New Again and is a reimagining by Makaya McRaven. Um, that's M A K A Y A M C C R A V E N. And again, it's absolutely brilliant. I would say get all three of those um, because they're just really interesting. And as a journey, they are particularly interesting. Anyway, so that's my final recommendation of today. I send you my love. I hope you're okay. Thanks very much for joining me. And I will be back with another one of these love in the time of coronavirus slow pods tomorrow. See you then. Thanks. Bye.